Hello Cubs fans and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. We're back after a nice almost week off um, after our last show thanks to the all-star break and uh, guys I, I didn't think I'd see the day. The Cubs swept somebody. The Cubs sweep the Phillies this weekend. Cool and tough shit like my name caption says here on our live broadcast. As you all know, I am Ron Luce, the most annoying and obnoxious announcer of them all, and I'm joined by two of the beauties in the game, Mr. Juice and Mr. Joey. Boys, the Cubs got a sweep. Like, I'm actually really happy today about Cubs baseball. This is great. But first off, how are you guys each doing? Ron. It was I'm good, man. But that's not true. So you're saying that you're the most annoying announcer of all time. Uh, we just had an interview with Jan Gomes in the post game with Nick Swisher. Um, Nick Swisher <laughs> takes the cake on that. Like I tweeted out that the the you need to relax, Will Farrell Jeff. And my caption was like the Nick Swisher interview with Jan Gomes because he looked like he was on crack. Like it was outrageously too high energy for me, considering that it's a Sunday. A lot of us are licking our wombs from the weekend. Um, I'm sure you could hear it in my voice. Uh, I had a long one. Um, and Ron, I know for a fact uh, you were on the South Side with the ONTAP crew. I want to give you the floor just to address some rumors because South Side Ron is gaining some traction, and I'm sure that you want to put those to bed yeah. very quickly. Well, you know, so I, I figured out why this keeps happening, right? I was, for the longest time, just so confused as to where the narrative for South Side Ron was coming from. And I finally figured it out because I caught him in the act. So South Side Ron is a whole nother person, ladies and gentlemen. He is just this alter ego that lives just in the wind most times. And only comes out to play when he feels my body anywhere near the south side. Then all of a sudden he comes out of nowhere, smacks me over the back of the head with a club, and then just takes my body over for the whatever stretch of time I'm there. And then he leaves. And then it's weird because like I always forget the games that I go to with the on tap guys, and I'm like, <laughs> what happened? Why don't I remember the game? And it's because Southside Ron took over. He's a bastard. You better watch out for him. He's that alter ego son of a bitch is going to is going to get me in trouble because again big cubs fan here we're we are cubs on tap but he keeps taking over my body every time i end up on the south I, side so i heard if you I leave that's what finally happened i heard if you leave bush lights out south side ron will uh come and <laughs> bring you presents um no i i agree I, I just saw a lot of it and there's no shame in wearing a non-rivals jersey to the game. I I just I don't see all the hate and I don't see the Southside Ron thing at all. I just don't. I, I you're being a very supportive friend of the brand. Friend and, of the brand, absolutely. And and you're just a company man. At the end of the day, that's what you are. You you will put on whatever needs to be put on to support the brand and be a company man and suck it up and tip your cap to you for being such a great sport for it because I know it can be tough to hang around with those guys, you know, all day. That's why I didn't go. No, I'm just kidding. I couldn't go because <laughs> I had other plans. But, no, I uh, I saw your weekend and, you know, I was laughing a little bit because I know that the, the train was going to uh, keep gaining some steam and we would have to, you know, address this on uh, on Cubs on Tap with a little bit of uh, just, you know, we got to clear the air here. You know, it's there's no trade rumors here at, South, or, uh, at uh, Northside here. For uh, Cubs on tap, for Ron going to Sox on tap. There's no no rumors. I'll tell you right now, as as the active uh, three headed GM here, we're we're in no interest of of trading Ronald Luce right now. Yeah, well, the good thing is I have a no a no movement clause in my contract. Yeah, a lot of people don't know about that, so I can't go anywhere, <laughs> whether they like it or not. Joey, how are you doing, my man? How was your weekend? Obviously, Joe Juice and I addressing our weekends here a little bit. How are you doing, buddy? How's things? I mean, mine was completely boring in comparison to your two. I was just working all weekend, but um, I, I agree. Like, we, there's nothing we could trade uh, that we could acquire to trade Ron Luce. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't accept that trade in a minute. It might be the same brand, but I don't think that they could give us a, a good enough package deal to acquire Ron Luce on Socks on Tap. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, there is no 
uh, south side Ron, in my opinion. It's only north side Ron. And I'm good, man. I like it's funny that Juice brought up uh, Swisher because I was like listening to John Cruck. I'm like, this guy has no idea what the Cubs are like even doing. Like, what did he say? He, what did he say about he said something about Hayward? Playing like if Hayward was playing, would Happy getting the amount of playing time he is this season? I'm like, one, they're playing two different yeah. positions. <laughs> two, yes, no one. He's not playing over Ian Happ. Um, but I don't know. That's like the one thing I could bitch about today because the Cubs obviously are just swept the series and had a great day. So Sunday's good. The weekend's good. Um, I don't have a hangover like you two probably do right now. So I'm oh, feeling great, it. man. I feel great. See, that's the thing. Everybody doesn't realize. I feel fine. <laughs> I'm tired. I know. Don't get me wrong. It was a long day of about 12 hours of sunshine. Um, that'll wipe you out for a couple of days alone. But uh, no, I feel I feel pretty good. But gentlemen, Orange Crush it, it cures all. There you go. Orange <laughs> nice. Crush cures, cures everybody's ailments. But guys, I mean, three big wins from the Cubs this weekend. For anybody that maybe was just out of pocket or 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 like us. Kind of took an extra couple of days to return from the All Star break. Um, Fifteen to two on Friday, they absolutely shit kicked the Phillies in Game One. Yesterday, six to two, all almost all of it coming in extra innings, which is can, that's a breath of fresh air. And then today, made it a little interesting. You know, almost blew a four run lead. They were up four zero. Ultimately, win four three. But they shut the door when they needed to. Robertson got it done in in the ninth inning, even though he let up a couple base runners. Chris Martin kind of, uh, you know. Pulled it out and, and and whipped it on the table today in that uh, in that eighth inning, really keeping the the Phillies off the board there for any further damage after they uh, got within one. So things to be excited about there. But gentlemen, uh, aside from obviously each of these specific games, a lot of things to be excited about. I think the one we can kind of focus on right now is the future. Uh, obviously, it's something that we have talked at nauseum here, and and Juice and I have even joked, and I know we've joked with you as well, Joey, just about like. We just find different ways to say the same thing sometimes. But we actually get to talk about results and what's been happening. These three games, Nico Horner, Christopher Morrell, Nelson Velasquez, three arguably pillars for the future, all having great series. Three home runs in this series for Nelson Velasquez. Christopher Morrell came out of the break. Arguably, he's the hottest player in baseball right now. He's already raised his average all the way back up over 280 just in the last three games. And then Nico Horner. Gets his sixth bomb of the season yesterday. Also drives in some runs and just continues to be Nikos. Gentlemen, I'll turn it over to each of you here. How exciting is it seeing? Again, we're not talking about, right, this team's not getting carried right now by the Patrick Wisdoms and the Frank Schwindels, even though they're players that we we have love for in, in their, their own ways. We're being carried by the guys that are going to be here in two and three and four years when this thing ideally is, is continuing to, to get going and they start playing more competitive baseball. So gentlemen, the floor is yours. Morel Velasquez corner. I mean, what a weekend for both of them. Yeah, man. I mean, with uh, Nelly V, like I kind of want to start with him because he's been somebody who I've been talking about quite a bit this season and let, just let Nelly V swim. <laughs> yeah, that's, I know, man, that's kind of been like my little joke on Twitter with that video. And I don't even know if people like it or whatever. I don't care because I made it and I like it. But uh, it kind of like spawned from that moment when he like dove into second or third earlier this season. He did like that swim move. Um, but yeah, like there's a real thing meaning behind it because like let the man swim. You can see what he can do uh, when he's given the opportunity. And like even when he's coming off the bench in like a, a pinch hit appearance or something or a late inning replacement where he's in the game, he gives you a good at bat. He gives you a, a quality, you know, work the count, maybe take a walk type of bat. He has that. It seems like his approach is improving by the day here. And even like on that pitch, you're seeing the power, obviously. That's like the big main aspect of Nelly V's game right now that's like starting to blossom at the big league level and was very apparent in the, in the minors. But like even that pitch where he – took it to right field it was you know off the end of the bat broken bat that's they said it on the broadcast that's one of the things I actually agreed with I was like that's because of his strength and I mean guys get broken hat broken hit bat base hits all the time but um for him that was not a great swing I mean he was fooled on the pitch but he just has that strength he's able to muscle it to right field and he scored the second run tonight as well um 
or today, excuse me, because, you know, Morrell had that double down the line, but he got on base and was the guy that scored that second run. So, I mean, I like really love what I'm seeing from Velasquez. I just want them to let him swim. Play every day. I'm done with Ortega. I mean, I understand the trade aspect thing right now, especially because you have what? You know, less than, I mean, you have like a week left, it seems like. A little bit, we can change, whatever, uh, till the deadline. But he has been god-awful. Like, I I looked at his numbers. He's been god-awful since at least the start of July. Um, And I know, like, you can kind of break these up into halves here with, you know, you had the break of the All-Star break. And then coming back, guys might turn into different players off a little bit of a rest or whatever. Uh, it's not necessarily you're going to carry over a hot streak or, or a cold streak, but it seems like he's carried over that cold streak. And why is he hitting leadoff? Like, I like the idea of Morrell and I mean, just, he's been out outstanding. Can't say enough about him or Nico Horner to this point, but um, I like the idea of him turning over the lineup at the bottom and like, it hasn't hurt anything lately, but like he had one less plate appearance in yesterday's game. Uh, I think he was the guy that had the least amount of play, plate appearances in the starting lineup of guys that weren't subbed out. And I just want to see him get more plate appearances like for guys like Christopher, Christopher Morrell and Nelly V because they are pillars. Like, like we've been saying, like these are guys that are, you're going to look at for next year and see what they can do the rest of this season. Like I just want to see them get more opportunities and, I love what I'm seeing when they do. And even if, even if they struggle, like it doesn't matter, but um, yeah, that's kind of like my one bone to pick because it's like, it's good to see them blossom when they get the opportunity. It is. And and just to quickly add a a little bit of a note for you there, Joey, you said, you know, it seems like by the day that Velasquez's uh, plate appearances get better for the month of July so far, he only has three walks. Two of those have come in this series. So absolutely agree with you there. Juice thoughts on these guys. No, I love what Joey kind of put together there. I think if we wanted to talk about the state of the team and the future and and where this thing's going, I think one of the philosophies that we may have overlooked when we did our second, you know, into the second half all-star break show was the fact that the Cubs have so much competition at a lot of these positions. You know, we're talking about Nelly V and Christopher Morrell right now as, as pillars, but there's nothing wrong if, three, four years down the line, they end up being support beams. Yeah. I think the the we're looking at guys like PCA and Owen Casey and you know some of the other guys in that outfield, Brennan Davis, obviously, who who we think may truly be a superstar when he finally comes up to the big league level. There's nothing wrong with having guys that end up being Tommy Lastella, right? I mean, we talked so much in that 2016 run about Man, the Cubs got a great kid, Tommy Ostella, coming up. Lefty bat, hits the fastball real well. And at the end of the day, Tommy Ostella for for the Cubs was a great pinch hitter and a great extra bat off the bench. But he never ever really kind of lived up to what the prospect kind of prospectus looked for his projected future, which is fine. When he left and went, you know, elsewhere, he put up huge numbers. But for the Cubs, he w- it was a little young. He was a little bit raw and needed more playing time. And the Cubs obviously had tons of talent. I love Christopher Morrell, and I love Nelly V. And I'm excited for the fact that they're having so much in the MLB success right now. I think that that's key. But with that said, there's nothing wrong with having, you know, that, that Ben Zobris type in Christopher Morrell who can play all over the place. And if Nelly V is an everyday player – he's going to have to compete to hold his spot because the Cubs are so loaded at those positions for the future. And there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. If you look how, you know, organizations that make playoffs over and over and over again, like the Dodgers, that's what happens. They see a guy who doesn't work out. They immediately have somebody who's waiting in the wings to take that spot over and run with it. Mm -hmm. And, I think that that's kind of where this is going. Um, Just to finish up my homework assignment from the last show that we had, I did Mm -hmm. go down the Carter Hawkins run with you guys after the show. We talked a lot about it. The fact that the Cubs have very much um, succeeded at the top with Dan Katrovitz, Carter Hawkins succeeds in in rounds four late in, in terms of pitching. 
So if you're looking at this draft and you're worried about it, don't be. I just wanted to add that in because we are talking about the future. And it seems like what's going to happen with these trade rumors that are, are coming up with maybe Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras going to one team you're, they're going to get back more guys who are going to play positions at, that that we like guys in, in, in the minors already. I mean, they're going to bring back outfielders and middle infielders and maybe hopefully, fingers crossed, a catching prospect too to kind of bolster this. That way, you know, that they have some options there. But if you're looking at, at what's going on in this farm system, this organization at a whole, competition's great. And I think it makes – Guys like Morrell and, and Nelson work that much harder to fine-tooth their craft, to be better at things that they're necessarily not considered elite at yet. And I think that the eight olds or the adage that iron sharpens iron is exactly what this Cubs front office philosophy needs to be. Bring in competition, have these guys play every day, let them get some, some reps, and when maybe higher prospects or guys that you project as, um, you know, more or less stronger pillars are, are your are your future coming up, they're going to have to come up and earn every single second of playing time. And that's mm-hmm. great. That's that's a, a recipe for success because I feel like the Cubs drained their system for so long that we were reliant on guys who weren't developing at the major league level to develop when they weren't good at doing that. And we've talked about that on this show that they're trying to fix development, you know, further after AAA and after the minors. But the fact is, is a lot of those guys could have definitely got complacent because they were given positions. They earned those positions, but they never had the fear of somebody taking their, their spot coming up from the, from the ranks that weren't on the MLB team yet. And I truly think that when you are worried about keeping your job and getting paid and staying in the league and getting regular at bats, it's only it's only going to make these guys work that much harder at what they're not good at to continue to get the playing time. And I, I love where this is going. I really do. I, obviously, we love to watch them win. But I think that the wins that we saw this weekend in terms of development – we're worth way more than the three wins that we'll look back at right now. Yeah, absolutely agree with you there, Juice. And, and just to kind of quickly add as well, you know, part of the the development, right, that continues at the major league level is fueled by some of that competition. Like you said, uh, I think it, you know, could be pointed to the last core that those guys didn't really develop further at the major league level. And some of that could be because there wasn't really much behind them to push them. There weren't guys coming up looking for their jobs. And, you know, again, it, it always is good to keep guys on edge sometimes when you are fueling a competitive, you know, essentially job here, right, that these ball players are playing. Uh, and it makes things interesting. A couple quick comments here before we uh, continue the conversation about the weekend as well. My friend Scott from Iowa, Scott Crawford, says, let's fucking go. Uh, personal pilgrimage for him goes to the federal landmark tomorrow. And uh, our boy Chief Redbeard says we may never lose again. And who knows? Maybe we will never lose again. No, we will. But it's okay. Um, because, Juice, like you said, Big wins in the development aspect over the weekend. But, guys, you know what I think the Cubs won in over the weekend as well is uh, is pitching. I think the starting pitching was very good this weekend. A couple of quick stat lines for those watching at home in case you needed a refresher. Uh, Justin Steele got his fourth win on Friday. He went five innings, gave up only four hits, only the one earned run on the home run. Uh, he did walk four, maybe the only kind of eh number. Uh, of his stat line, but he did strike out two then as well. Uh, things you like to see, but then guys, my boy, my man's Marcus Stroman sings a five hit one run ball, just two walks, five Ks. He continues to look absolutely sensational. Everybody that's saying that he wasn't worth the money can go stick it right up their ass where the sun doesn't shine because he looks fantastic. We also got to see a little bit of Stephen Brault. For one and a third, I think that's certainly worth mentioning. Uh, Joey, you joked about it as we were looking ahead before the show. Uh, we got a ball revenge game coming up this week. Um, I almost made well. that. I almost made that my my banner name here for the show <laughs> was uh, like Stephen Brawl created this because I feel like, and I think I mentioned something like this when I did when the Cubs actually signed him. I wrote a wrote an article like oh, I mean ways back now 
but he's finally healthy. And I mentioned that, like, how fun would it be to have a guy like Stephen Brault, who's a musician and, you know, Broadway guy, on the road? Like, a guy like Stephen Brault on the road, to me, would be fun, uh, just to get, being in the clubhouse. And yeah. look at they won three straight games, and he looks good, too. He hasn't given up a run. Like, I think he's only given up maybe one hit or something like that. So, hey, yeah. man, I mean, maybe that's maybe. some vibes right there. Yeah, maybe you're onto something here, Joey. Who knows? And and speaking of vibes, continued vibes today in the in the start from Drew Smiley. He went six innings, four hits, two runs, only one was earned. He did not walk a single batter today, and he struck out four. So Drew Smiley also pumping up that trade value here a little bit as we get closer to the trade deadline. Uh, but guys, pitching looks good. This is exciting, right? Because we're we're gonna get to see Keegan Thompson again here in the next couple of days as well. He's been very good. Sure, he's had some shaky outings over the course of the month of July, but overall still has been very solid. Still appointment television, as Juice and I have said on numerous occasions, Joey, as you have said as well. But, um, you know, outside really of Adrian Sampson, and even Sampson's been good. Like, I don't want to bash Adrian Sampson because he's been very good filling in, in the roles that he's filled in so far for the Cubs, whether it's a starter or whether it's been coming out of the pen. But, guys, three days, three wins – and your starting pitching is finally starting to look like what people thought the starting pitching was going to look like. Not only do you get good development points for a guy like Justin Steele in Friday's start, but you get reassurance points in, in Saturday's start for Marcus Stroman and why you paid him the money you paid him. And then Sunday, again, one-year contract, you get some you get some uppity-uppity, as uh, Chief Redbeard says here in the comments. Stonks are high on a guy like Drew Smiley. So, Juice, I'll start with you, man. I mean, just you got to love what you saw from the pitching this weekend. It's going to go understated because the bats were so good. But, damn it, the pitching was good, too. That was my key, right? We were talking about guys we needed to see more from. Marcus Stroman was Marcus Stroman. And if Marcus Stroman is an elite pitcher, that checks off a huge need for the future. You know, that's – they – they spent the money to go get this guy and he's showing and he showed the other day that he's appointment television. He's a guy that you want to play with. He's a guy that you can paste at that top of the, the rotation and say, go get it, man. Um, smiley. Yeah. I, I want to see him succeed, succeed, succeed because whatever you can bring back from him is just found money at this point. Um, I, I really thought he could have went seven today if they weren't, you know, kind of dicking the ball around in the sixth because it did seem like, you know, they had some easy um, outs that were left out there. I know Bodie dropped the, the one that he lost in the sun, and, and so did Jan Gomes. But I really thought he maybe could have went seven if if they make those plays and it's an easy one, two, three inning. Um, that would have been, you know, nice to see him go even further in the game to broadcast the fact that, you know, he can go deeper. Um, into a ball game and he is healthy, you know, coming off an injury. I think that that would play uh, really well to Jed's negotiation tactics. Say, hey, man, look, he, he went seven. He's able to do it. But, yeah, I think uh, I think it's tough to sit here and, and, and watch the way they played this weekend and watch the way they pitched and think, man, like, how good would they have been if they were healthy? You know, that's, that's, the, that's the question. Were they going to be more of a middle of the road where maybe they're buying? You know, that's the – that becomes the question. If, if you had a healthy Seiya Suzuki and a healthy rotation, there's no way that the Cubs wouldn't have been winning more ball games. And it's just kind of – it's tough to kind of swallow too because I think that all things considered, they had almost a deal with Carlos Correa lined up and the pandemic hit and things changed, which is fine. Not the pandemic, the, the strike hit my mistake on that um and they kind of were never able to get on the same page with that who would imagine like where they would be with like a high powered lever a high power leverage bat in the middle of the lineup you know it's it's interesting that they're doing all of this with you know patrick wisdom kind of in your three hole in your power slots which it's not a knock on him he hits for power but he's not an elite bat like a carlos correa um but it's interesting to think, you know, I, I think we tried to round it out in the last episode. We tried to talk about, you know, that this, they're going to buy short term here, I think. And they're going to try to develop some pitching and some some position players until they can bridge the gap. So 
I mean, there's a lot of good pieces here, and a lot of that showed this weekend in terms of the pitching. Um, I, I think, too, there's there's a lot of great arms down in that bullpen if they could stay healthy that are, you could piece together a competitive bullpen for next year. Maybe you need a couple pieces. I'm not saying that the Cubs are going to win the division come next year, but with the adage of, a, of another you know, wild card team, that should be what they're striving for. With mm-hmm. with a lot of these guys, and I know we talked about Canario, he's probably the hottest hitter in the minors right now in terms of our system, maybe even the in the minors in general, the guy is killing the baseball. It's just a matter of time before he's making his debut up here as well um, in the future. Uh, so who's to say – you know that that they're that far off. If if they believe that their prospects can develop at a quicker rate, and they can go and get some pitching, this team isn't that far away from making some noise and 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 getting back into the talks of of buying opposed to selling, which they will be in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, I I, I think that uh, the pitching is the first step in them gaining any traction or momentum. And you just love to see that they came out after the rest, after the break, and all of them threw, you know, very crisp, you know, games. And and they looked fantastic. And it's tough to – starting pitching and defense always travel. So when you see it and the Cubs are able to, you know, do those things well, it, it just bodes well for, for a series for them. Yeah, absolutely. And Chief Redbeard here in the comments said, I, I won't pull it up real quick, just want to share it because it, it lined exactly with what you said, Juice. He said, imagine if our rotation was healthy all year, not saying they would have been a playoff team, but I think they would have been more precarious position come the trade deadline. And he, I think he's absolutely yeah. correct in exactly what you said there uh, as well, Juice. Joey, I mean, your thoughts here on the pitching because, again, reinforcing it, they looked really good this weekend. They did. I mean, Smiley, what, he took a perfect game into the fifth inning, and then Morrell almost laid out. He did lay out, but he almost made a great catch out there. He's close. Uh, Love the effort to see on that because, like, to me, you know, once you get to the fifth inning, you got to get to the sixth inning before it becomes real to me. But if you're a pitcher, you're in that fifth inning, you're thinking about it. Like, Smiley was 100% thinking about it there in that fifth inning, and he almost got through the fifth inning with the perfect game. And, you know, I wonder, like, if that takes some out of you because you're, everything is so high leverage, too. Like, once he gets to that fifth inning, maybe he just he kind of amped himself up, up a little bit. And once you lose a, a game like that, I mean, he didn't lose the game, but losing the perfect game, uh, you know, it takes some out of you and, like, I think managers, they have to really watch that, too, after that. And he was he's only had 83 pitches. I would have liked to see him, like Juice said, get a little bit deeper in the game for trade value purposes. But um, as far as, like, what he showed today, I mean, he showed a lot. And really his last outing, too, is pretty solid. So, I mean, um, from what I remember. And I mm-hmm. so I think his value is is really, you know, it's up there now. I think if he can stay healthy, if, if he's showing the ability to stay healthy and pitch like this, we saw good things from him earlier in the season. Uh, I think they can get a quality piece for him, and maybe a team is just looking for, you know, him to add on to while they do this run, you know, a contending team, and they can add a bullpen piece as well. Maybe they could package like a a Michael Givens with a Drew Smiley or something like that, and make it really, you know, juice it up a little bit. No pun intended, uh, <laughs> or pun intended. Uh, no, but I mean like. Strowman, that's what we talked about right on the last show. We were like, we want to see a good, solid second half from Strowman um, and just stay healthy. Like, I really do believe now, and this is against what everybody's been saying and stuff is like, we were told this team's going to be competitive and this and that and this and that. I think this team would have been somewhat competitive if they would have had a healthy roster. Like, it, you can't predict injuries. Like, that's just, and, and I decided to kind of, Throw out some shit there this week about Chris Bryant, right? Um, I do believe, like, that hole that they have on this roster and in this farm system is probably third base or it's in the corner spots. Like, I, I do like what Matt Mervis has shown there, too, and, and Bryce Ball whatever, and both those guys, but you don't really know how things are going to pan out. And I guess, like, you know, to kind of touch on the Canario thing, like, Canario and Killian – those are two – like, the return was excellent. I love the return. Those could both be guys that can come up here 
And hopefully Killian can be like a staple here in the rotation and add on to like, you know, Marcus Stroman and all these guys here in the starting rotation. But I just, you know, the health purposes, like we just, you can't predict that stuff. And Stroman, like you got an extra year out of him under control. Maybe he is a guy that winds up getting shopped. I hope that's not the case, especially not this year because he hasn't been healthy. But, you know, you see where you're at next next year, like towards midseason, right? Um, you see where this team is at, how these things are really coming together, and if they can stay healthy. If they can stay healthy towards next year's deadline and this thing is actually competitive and they make offseason additions, there's probably no reason to trade Marcus Stroman, right? Because he's probably a big reason why they are competitive next year. So, um, yeah, overall, though, I mean, I can't say enough – good things about the the starting rotation and just the pitching staff as a whole because it you guys have nailed it on a lot of key points like when they pitch well they play well because they're already in a lot of these games and they just can't finish but uh when you can hold the, the opponent down and play solid defense you can hold them down to three runs or less that's just going to increase your chances of winning every day absolutely and I, I completely agree with everything that you guys had to say just a couple kind of final thoughts um, really on the pitching. Obviously, yes, Stroman, Smiley. A lot of people forget Drew Smiley pitched in the World Series last year. He helped the Atlanta Braves win the World Series. So, like, he's not some just slapdick guy that, you know, doesn't do very much. And I was actually about to say this, and, and Scott just dropped it in the comments. It's like he read my brain here. But Caleb Killian's last outing, he went five innings, gave up only one hit, walked one, and K to eight. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it feels like Killian's starting to kind of get back into his groove again, too, here if this last start is any indication of that. Um, even even the start before that, the five walks, a little concerning, but only gave up two runs uh, in three innings of work. Uh, really just the one got beat up on the eighth. He gave up seven earned. But outside of that, um, overall, he's been pretty good. So um, certainly things to keep an eye on. But, guys, like we said, a lot of exciting things. Nelly V, there's a lot of comments here about Nelly V, just to share a couple of them. Uh Boy Scott Crawford saying he has Schwarber-like power. I mean, what, three of six at-bats went out of the park? Very true. Uh, seven ribbies in three games, and he only started one of them. Uh, also pretty impressive. That's from Chief Redbeard. And to your guys' point about the corners, uh, Chase Strumpf, absolutely a guy, um, as our boy Mr. Jake Buzniowski, uh says here, could make a cameo later in the season. And certainly a guy that could play at third base. I think that's the key, right? They can draft – third base is a little easier because you can draft a bunch of really good middle infielders, and when a guy doesn't work out in the middle infield, you just bump him over to third base. So yeah, I, I think that certainly gives some some flexibility there. But nonetheless uh, – I'd like to see all, Jared Young too possibly at the second half of the season. I think that's a guy that could be close to ready. I, I don't know. I haven't really watched like what he's done real recently, but he's a guy that I'd like to see too in the second half maybe. Absolutely. Jared Young, also another name that's been generating some noise this season uh, within the Cubs minor league system. But guys, before we go ahead and truly look ahead, right, uh, obviously the trade deadline is on the horizon here. And we'll, we'll we'll touch a little bit on it, right, because now we're coming out of the All-Star break and reports are starting to come out. And one of those said reports was at the San Diego Padres, which a team that we've been kind of hypothesizing all season long that would be interested in guys like Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ. Uh, they are, in fact, interested in both Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ. Um, they apparently want to try and get them in one foul swoop. So uh, that is certainly an interesting piece. want to hear your guys' takes on it, even if it's just purely reactionary uh, to this news. And, uh, you know, what, what do you think is going to happen with each of these guys coming up? Obviously, they're the big pieces uh, that will likely be moved at the deadline. We could probably see Smiley go, maybe Givens, David, or, yeah, David Robertson. These guys will all get probably moved as well. But everybody's got their eyeballs on Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras right now. Yeah, I mean, pure, pure reactionary for me. I'm not going to sit and talk like I, I know every inch of, you know, the Padres farm system and who I want back. But I mean, we talked about it. I think it's finding the sucker at the poker table who's willing to go all in and mm-hmm. and compete for a World Series. Truly, if you package them together, you would imagine that you're able to pull back a, a huge prospect. And if you're able to, you know, couple it with that Hosmer contract as well, you're probably adding another one on there as well. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's something to talk about. I, I just hope that in terms of strategy, if this is what the Padres truly want, 
that the Cubs are doing whatever they can to pin it against them and to drive up the price. Cause that's exactly what Jed should be doing and saying, Hey, I got this guy in a, in a rumored deal with this team coming back. I need this guy, this guy, this guy, you know, for, for one of them. And then that way you're looking and you're kind of adding it together and saying, I need, you know, four of your top 20 or, you know, five of your top 20. If you're going to start throwing some, some names over there and taking on some bad money, then the case of it, it becomes, you know, what are, what's coming back. And, and this is, see, my hope is, is that these two trades, if they truly are going to trade Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras together, it's the last time we have to sit and talk about this. You know, I, I think that we're kind of tired of watching players that you develop in house go other places. I'm sure the fan base is, exhausted of you know owning a jersey and then having to buy another new one and and that's exactly where a rebuilding team is right now but with that said it's it's a matter of can, can you get back the last return and that's what i hope that when we tag this trade that maybe goes down for both these guys it is it is tagged as the cubs last you know big sell move and that would be Nice to get back even more to stock the system. You're going to add another top-of-the-tier prospect in next year's draft. And hopefully, you know, next year with a healthy rotation and a healthy roster, you're more closer to the second wildcard spot than you are to, hey, let's we're, we're trading guys that we signed on one-year deals. Because um, the last thing that I want to see – is that they're bad again next year and they're talking about trading Strowman because there's just a matter of time that this front office and these this fan base is just it, – it's going to run out of faith in between the relationship between the both of them. And that's where we're at, I think, just a really tipping moment of that. So figure out a way to get the most return for both those guys and then move on and let's – try to build this team in-house with the with the names that are brought back and let's make a playoff real soon rather than later yeah absolutely well put juice and and uh it was interesting we, we had your audio a little delayed there but uh and he'll uh he'll pop back in here in just a second looks like some technical issues everybody so uh thanks for bearing with us but joey um just brings up a lot of good points right i i think we mm-hmm. all are kind of sick of the conversation, right? And it's not necessarily because we're like, oh, part of it is just you don't want to be trading, like he said, trading away pieces that for so long you were trying to, you know, develop and and make them a part of this team. And I think that's where things really start to happen and and things get interesting. So Juice, all great points there, my friend. Joey, I want to get your thoughts too as well real quick um, before I, I share any of my thoughts. What do you got? Yeah, I mean it's it's real interesting too. Like I think obviously we're we're sick of the selling, you know, a lot of it's it's I think it needs to happen this this midseason obviously, but you know, we don't want it to happen next year, of course. And you know, I think what this did if, you know, by all accounts Contreras is gone for sure. It's, it sounds like uh Ian Happ we really still have no idea about, but there you know, we have the Padres rumors and all that. But I think what this could set up, though, by trading, not extending Contreras and not extending Ian Happ, if they do, in fact, ship out both of these guys, it's going to open up opportunities to be able to extend these young guys that you do believe in. Because like Juice was saying earlier, the competition could breed excellence, basically. Like, I think somebody, one, one or two of these guys are going to pop as far as like being more elite than what the national media thinks about these prospects. I think that's just kind of, you see it all the time, right? And I think these guys are developing to such a fast rate that like you're going to be able to get maybe a cheaper extension done similar to Ronald Acuna, similar to Ozzy Albies with the Braves, with the Braves similar to Luis Robert with the White Sox. Um, they were able to kind of like get these guys done a little bit faster and extend get a couple more years out of them on a contract for, yeah, you know, you're not taking advantage of like the cheap years necessarily, 
of their contract, but you're getting them for much cheaper for a longer term. Um, so I think that's something that the, the front office could take advantage of here by doing something like this or, you know, by making these moves. And as far as like the Padres go, like if you could somehow pry Robert Hassel away from their system, I doubt that's going to happen though. Like I just don't see them moving him. I really don't. Uh, we were talking earlier about potential catching prospects like Camp Camposano. That's still a guy with a pretty high ceiling, right? Like I, I would be interested in him. Um, and then possibly, uh, who am I thinking of too? CJ Abrams. I don't know how they feel about him. I mean, I know they're very high about him. He's at the big league level now, but he's kind of struggled when you're in a competing window. Like, I don't know, like where's Fernando Tatis Jr. at right now? Like, how is he, I haven't really heard much about like his status right now. And I hope somebody maybe in the comment section can kind of let us know like where he's at, but I know he's been injured. I think if you could get CJ Abrams, that would be huge. And like, I don't know what other moves you're going to, I'm not like speculating on anything. I have really no idea like what they're targeting. Um, we know the emphasis in the draft on the start on the pitching side of things, but so maybe that's something that they're going to be targeting on the trade market too. I don't know, but um, there's a lot of options there for Jed and for Carter Hawkins. And I think anything that you get that has high upside at this point, and, and really you're getting guys in the, these package deals or in whatever solo deals you do for Contreras or Happ or Robertson, you're getting guys that are going to be closer to big league ready. I do believe that. So it's only going to be for the positive for next year as you go to spend more money. So I, I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm not really that interested in Hosmer though. I think that drives the price I, down. Like, I don't know. I just, I mean, they're going to, it drives the price down that the Cubs are going to be able to get a higher end prospect. So that's a good thing. But at the same time, like, I don't know. I just don't want him soaking up first base. He doesn't have a ton of power. He's just not a long-term piece on this team. And not that he would be a long-term piece for too long here, but I don't want him blocking guys. I really don't want that. So not too interested in that. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think everybody can agree. We would rather see guys like Rivas play there every day. And um, if at some point here, Matt Mervis does get a look, uh, I mean, he's already at the AAA level. His first hit in AAA was a double. So the guy just continues to hit at every single level. And a very interesting note too quickly, just about Matt Mervis. Um, Kind of went under the radar because he was the part of the 2020 draft year where there was only five rounds. So even though the Cubs only had five picks, they still got a number of clearly like noise making prospects after the draft as under undrafted guys. I believe there was a comment from the Cubs front office. It might have been from Kantrovitz um, that he said they had Mervis valued as a third to fifth round guy. And they got him as undrafted in that draft because there was only the five rounds. So, dude, you know. He Dude, he was uh, tearing it up at the Cape Cod League, and which you know would bat. And that COVID shortened season, they didn't get much many many games in at Duke. Like he would have really been. I think he was the team leader. Obviously, he's leading the team in certain categories at Duke. He could have had a huge season that year and upped his draft stock even more. So right, they could have been. You're right, Ron. That could have been a real steal there. Yeah, and so I think it's with those guys on the horizon. I agree with you, Joe. You certainly don't want to block them. But just quickly, I'll add, I agree. I don't think Robert Hassel's going anywhere. For anybody that doesn't know who Robert Hassel the third is, he's their top prospect outfielder. Um, he was taken in that 2020 draft class. I believe he was a first-round pick. Actually, a lot of people had the Cubs linked potentially to him. Padres got him a few picks before. Cubs end up with Ed Howard in that draft as their first round draft pick. But uh, yeah, Luis Campusano, I mean, he's at the AAA level. He's seen a little bit of big league time, only 16 games. So really not much of a sample size by any stretch of imagination, but certainly a guy that you would imagine that if they're going to couple both Hap and Wilson together, that you are at least targeting, you're saying, Hey, is this a guy you're willing to part ways with? If we're going to give you our, you know, all-star catcher and our all-star left fielder, you know, can we get your top catching prospect? They also have a lot of arms that I think are really interesting. Guys that might be even a little older by prospect standards, like 25, 26, 27. Um, but the guys, again, like you noted, Joey, are a little closer to the big league level. So maybe that is the, the, the target that they go with any of these trades that come up here in the next week. Um, and we'll certainly be, be talking about it more here at Cubs on Tap you know, days leading up to it, and especially after the fact when we can actually sit and digest what it is that the Cubs do at the August 2nd deadline. So that will certainly be interesting. But, gentlemen, 
I do want to quickly turn it just back over to each of you. Just short, brief uh, final thoughts here from this Philly series uh, before we go ahead and look ahead to the Pittsburgh Pirates coming to town tomorrow. Juice, uh, we'll let you start first. Another sweep. Let's go. Book it. Cubs never lose. Second half team. Hashtag playoffs 2022. <laughs> Joey. <laughs> Let's go. I love it. Uh, I love the sweep. Um, I know they're playing less games in the second half than they are in the first half, but I think what I meant in the last episode was they would have a better winning percentage in the second half. And you start out 3-0, you only need to go really like, what, win 28 games or so to go 400 in the second half. So we're off to a good start, baby. Let's go. Absolutely. They are off to a good start. I'm there with you guys. It was a fun series to watch. Cool seeing guys like Nelly V and Christopher Morrell have big series. Hopefully they can continue to carry that over through the rest of the of the 2022 campaign here. But as mentioned, we will look ahead uh, because the Cubs do do battle again at the friendly confines on Monday, July 25th against the Pittsburgh Pirates. It is a 7.05 local time start for those that are venturing to Wrigley Field. Um, if you are happen to be in the Pittsburgh market, it's KDKA FM 93.7 on the radio and AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh if you're trying to watch. And for the Cubs, you know the drill, 670 to score, WRTO 1200 and Marquee Sports Network. For the Pirates, it will be JT Brubaker on the mound. The right-hander is 2-8 on the season with a 4.02 ERA. And on the other side, as mentioned, uh, we name-dropped him a little bit earlier, but it will be Adrian Sampson on the bump for the Cubs, um, despite the 0-1 record, carries a very solid 3.34 ERA into this one. And then the Cubs and Pirates will be back again on Tuesday, just looking ahead. That's a 1-20 start. On Tuesday, because after that two-game series, the Cubs are off on Wednesday. Really weird. Again, the MLB is trying new things with the off days this year. Uh, so a Wednesday off day before a four-game set out in the Bay with the San Francisco Giants, uh, and we'll you know we'll update for scheduling after Tuesday's show and how we're going to run shows for that because it's a lot of late games. So unless you're joining us for Cubs on Tap after dark, um, you know. We'll get that squared away nonetheless. But, gentlemen, I want to turn it over to each of you. Joey, we'll start with you. Just quick thoughts here for this Pirates game tomorrow. And, again, it's a two-game set, so you can look at it as a whole as well. Just what you want from the Cubbies here, what you're expecting, and what they need to do to get two Ws. Yeah. I mean, foot to the floor, baby. Like, let's just keep up what you did in this series. Like, let's get some quality outings out of the rotation. Um, let's keep the, the young guys that are hitting – hitting and carrying the momentum and the energy because Morrell and those guys are really bringing the, the energy right now. And then Steven brought revenge game. Let's, let's see some of those. I, that, I'd be, I'd be okay with that. I know he warmed up in this game, but he didn't get in there, but that'd be kind of cool to see him against uh, his former team dominating out of the bullpen. So uh, it's kind of stupid and random, but yeah, those are, I, that's about all I'm looking forward to in this game. Some wins or this series, some wins and uh, some Steven brought revenge. I love it. Juice? Yeah, I like Juice. what Joey said there. Um, just get out there, win some games, pit, keep pitching. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, we can hear you. You're good, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I just looking at the uh, the schedule, let's get some wins. Um, go ahead with uh, a two-game series win here and uh, keep stacking some streaks. Be nice to uh, – Keep winning in the second half. Sorry. Just uh, I hit my shin on <laughs> the table over here. And I'm not usually at this spot over at uh, in my kitchen. And it kind of really hurts. So I've lost all my thoughts right now. Well, we hope you're okay, Juice. I know <laughs> kicking yourself, kicking your shin is never easy and never fun by any stretch of imagination. But uh, no, I, I agree with you guys. It, it's keep it simple. Just keep doing what they're doing. They're off to a great start to start the second half. Three great wins against a pretty good Phillies team. Like this isn't some slap pick team that they played this week. Like the Phillies are a good built or good built, a well built roster. Like it's okay to be excited about the fact they took these three wins and you take that momentum into a series against the, the Pirates, right? A team that you're trying to leapfrog in the NL Central standings still. And it would be great to get a, a essentially four game swing out of it with two wins in two games. 
You got Samson on the bump tomorrow. He's been really good lately. You got Keegan on the bump on Tuesday, and we all love Keegan Thompson and Keegan Thompson bump day. So hopefully two good pitching performances leads to two good wins. The bats keep coming. Uh, and it's going to be beautiful at Wrigley this week. It's supposed to be like high 70s, low 80s. Hopefully the, the wind's blowing out. Maybe the guys get the ball up in the air and, and can hit some home runs out of the friendly confines. Gentlemen, before we get out of here, I do want to remind everybody Cubs on Tap is the official Cubs podcast of the On Tap Sports Network. You can check out all of our great work over at ontapsportsnet.com and at ontapsportsnet on social media. You can follow us here at the pod specific accounts. We are at Cubbies on Tap, C U B B I E S. That's Twitter and Instagram. I am at Loose on Tap on the Bluebird app. Joey is at Joey Knows Nothing. That ends in I N because that stands for Win Baby. And Juice is at Juice on Tap on the Bluebird app as well. Uh, you can also find all of our other great work Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks. You know the drill. We've got it all. Uh, the Blackhawks just went through their draft and all their crazy shit that they're doing. The Bulls are gearing up for a big year um, despite some, you know, not so well-liked acquisitions this offseason people thinking they should do more but nonetheless the bulls on tap guys will keep you in tune there and the bears uh just releasing an orange helmet there will be a new bears on tap episode likely tomorrow uh, so be on the lookout for that we have all of that covered here yeah as juice is showing here on the thing the orange crush uh look <laughs> that the bears are now sporting um but nonetheless we've got it all covered here and as we always say the Sox on tap guys do a great job. They were in full force at the ballpark over the weekend. They will be coming live uh, actually in a little bit. So if you got friends that like the White Sox, make sure to send them over to our YouTube channel at ONTAP Sportsnet, uh, and they can listen to that weekend recap uh, as the Cubs, or as part of me, as the Sox and Cleveland Guardians uh, finish up what was a four-game set. Once again, ONTAPSportsnet.com, at ONTAPSportsnet on social media. The on tap sports network go ahead and check out what is on tap in chicago sports juice always a pleasure to see you buddy and talk cubs baseball with you uh joey had to step away for a brief moment um but we always appreciate joey and, and having him on the show here as well uh and buddy what do you say we got to hear the only way we know how at cubs on tap i think we got it in there it's a good old fuck the cardinals let's go Cubs.